Welcome everyone to the Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast, where y'all know that we amplify the voices of women whose stories are moving and meaningful and compelling. I am on the show today interviewing a wonderful woman. I'm super excited to share you with her. I've known her since before she was a thought. Um, she is a wonderful young lady named Maddie Carroll. Maddie, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. You bet. You bet. Yeah. I have been. You're happy to meet me. Well, I'm happy to see you. Now I've met you since before you could speak, but now I see you as a grown woman and you are quite impressive. I've been stalking you on social media and listening to your amazing voice as you're such an amazing singer. Uh, But let's learn more about you from your perspective. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, um, I'm 22. I recently graduated from Ithaca College with a Bachelor of Music, uh, with a minor in jazz and writing. Um, My interests include music and singing, um, as well as theater and jazz and writing and cats. Um, I also had a, a bit of a politics degree for a while and then decided that I wanted to graduate in four uh, years yeah. <laughs> and the politics degree was not going to let me do that <clears throat> gotcha gotcha yeah. for anybody to have a degree in politics today it takes some special kind of something let me just tell you we it won't was- go there we won't go there but let's focus on your talents and skills and your passions and you can tell when I, when I watch you and when I hear you sing you can tell you love what you're doing you're not doing this for anything but the passion like you are very very into it um I cry like I cry. Oh my God. Your mom's like, are you crying? I'm like, I'm crying. So um, folks, if you didn't detect that I'm friends with her parents. So I've known her for a long time. She hasn't known me at all, but um, she's had a short life to date. I see a long successful life uh, and a very um, robust career in her future. But why don't you tell me a little bit, what, what do you do for fun? What do you do with the community? What do you want to do for a job? What's your goal in life, you know? Well, uh, right now I'm sort of in like a limbo period between mm-hmm. graduating and launching my career, whatever that's going to be. Nice. Um, <clears throat> I have a few jobs lined up for the fall. I'm nannying for my cousin and I'm teaching voice lessons. Um, at my old voice teacher's studio in Situate in Massachusetts. <laughs> and, uh, and in terms of the community involvement, um, I think, you know, when I go home, I live in a, a very uh, conservative white town and there is a lot of work that needs to be done in regards to the school system and things I'm passionate about, like public education and sex education. So I plan on getting into that um, when I get home alongside my my mother. <laughs> Very nice. I know she's quite outspoken. I support your efforts there. Yeah. Um, I understand the community you're talking about is very parochial. It's worked this way for like thousands of years. Well, in this country, hundreds of years. So why, why change it, right? Um, change is hard for a lot of people. And we used to think those folks would just, because they were all old white men, they would just die. But no, it's been given new life. And so, yeah, I love to hear younger people say, I devote some of my life and time and energy and attention to fighting for equity. Mm -hmm. Um, and fairness. So I love that too about you. 
Well, let me ask you, you might be a little early in your career or life to, for me to ask you this question, but I'm sure you've had something you've done to date that you're super proud of. So maybe what was your proudest accomplishment to date? Yeah, I have a lot of, um, <clears throat> I have a lot of things I would consider accomplishments and um, in a lot of different fields. So this was a hard question for me, but um, I think after a lot of consideration, I would have to say that my proudest professional accomplishment um, would be being a part of a musical at school called The Last Five Years. Um, it's a show by Jason Robert Brown, who's this contemporary composer. He writes some of my favorite music um, ever. And it only has two characters, Kathy and Jamie, and I was cast as Kathy. Um, it was put on in 2021. That was when everyone first returned to Ithaca after being home for a year or a year and a half because of COVID. And because of that, we had to wear singing masks the whole time. We had to maintain at least 12 feet of space between us and there was no audience. There couldn't be an audience. So um, it felt like an accomplishment for so many reasons, but I um, tried to boil it down to three. Uh, the first one is that this was my first lead in a musical since high school, which I will get into a little bit later. Um, the role itself had been a dream since I first became interested in theater. The music, like I said, is so beautiful and the songs are exciting to sing. They like fit my voice really well. And the character of Kathy is complex and relatable if you uh, make her to be. Um, the show, just as like a little bit of background, because this I really geek out about this show, but the show was written by Jason Robert Brown based on his own divorce. And so he wrote the male lead in a very apologetic way. So you're supposed to love the male lead and feel bad for him. And Kathy's sort of written as like a one dimensional character who like it serves the purpose of being cheated on. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't pass the Bechdel test <laughs> in that sense. So I, I kind of took it upon myself to give her more depth and make her the one that everyone, you know, relates to and um, feels empowered by. So being cast as the role itself uh, is so much of the reason behind this being my biggest accomplishment. Uh, number two. Sounds, before you go to number yeah. two, let's talk about it because it sounds super meaningful as is. But then when you add depth and personality and and I would say meaning again, right, to the role, it, it does become much more powerful. And the fact that you're 22 and have the courage to step into your power and own that story as if it were your own uh, is super unique. Like people in my generation didn't do that. I love seeing uh, when I'm advising women on stepping into your power and own your story, it's usually older women, right? Because we are taught mm -hmm. not to be vulnerable and taught not to, um, you know, overstep our bounds, right? Just sit and look pretty. So um, I'm going to stand and be heard regardless of what I look like, right? So I'm proud of you. That's a wonderful example. Now tell me number two. <laughs> um, okay, number two. Along those lines, uh, I've never seen anyone like me who looks like me uh, play Kathy. So um, no one can see me right now, but as a as a small physical description for everyone listening, I'm beautiful. short. She's beautiful. <laughs> I'm beautiful and I'm short and I carry a lot of fat in my stomach and chest area. 
Um, so up until being cast, I had only seen Kathy portrayed as a very thin, uh, delicate woman. And that's not who I am and that's not what I look like. So I never imagined myself in this role because of the box society has put fat actors into. Uh, they cast them as the goofy best friend or the ugly stepsister or the motherly figure or the villain. And there's a lot of commotion going on right now about more equitable casting for fat women. Um, I haven't seen enough change despite the commotion, which is annoying. Um, but yeah, there's no reason why a physically bigger woman or person for that matter can't play a romantic lead. And first of all, you're amazing and beautiful. And to me, size does not matter, right? Uh, second of all, I am looking at you. I would not even unconsciously consider you fat, right? So I'm a chesty girl, right? Yeah. I'm myself a girl. I'm an old woman, but I'm chesty. I have curves. I have hips. I've got the, you know, badonka donk, but um, I think you're beautiful and, you know, whatever the size or the number, it doesn't matter, but I'm telling you this because I've grown into that. My era and my age, we didn't accept ourselves with love like you are. And I'm so freaking impressed. Yeah, it's, it's taken a lot of time. And I think one of the most eye-opening things for me um, in terms of that was I was actually talking to my girlfriend one day and, you know, I've gone through a lot of, I guess, weight struggles and I've done all the diets and, you know, as young as high school, which is like really alarming <laughs> to me. And right. um she was like, your body is literally just a vessel that carries you, your brain from place to place. Like, oh my God, I love that. Functioning, then you're fine. And, and then I, I also saw this comedian who I always use this joke. I don't remember their name. I wish I did, but. Fluffy? Um, I don't know. I, oh. I, it wasn't a very famous comedian. I just oh, saw it okay. on one of my pages, but uh, she was saying, you know, when she calls herself fat or refers to herself as fat, all of her friends go, no, 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 no. You're beautiful, you're, you're wonderful, you're not fat. And she's like, that's like, if I were to be 5'1 and said I was short and everyone went, no, you're super tall. Mm -hmm. It's like, it doesn't mean, you know, looking- not, It shouldn't be negative. Right, being right. large is not it a is bad thing. Yeah. It just is, for me, I've gotten to the point where it's a descriptor, right. you know? And I think a lot of other uh, women who, you know, either look like me or are even bigger than me, like have moved to that point and skinny women have not, you know? So yeah, yeah. that's kind of the imbalance that it's we're- It's also generational too. Um, right. I am so impressed because I suffered not, not with the weight struggle until recently, um, but I didn't know that I suffered from thinking of fat as a negative until, right, I got overweight, I became obese. And then I started to realize that I saw fat as a negative, right? Before that, I didn't, it was just, like you said, short, or, you know, it, it's a, it's a trait, it's not a negative trait, right? Um, it's a descriptor, that's the perfect word. I love that. Uh, no one needs to defend their body size or shape. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I believed that until I really got heavy and was like, oh my gosh, I'm this, I'm that, I'm the other. 
and I wasn't the friend to me that I am to other women. Right. Right. Exactly. um, Yeah. And now I'm like, I love, you know, whoever I am, whatever size I am, I'm the same amazing woman inside out, outside in, left to right and up and down. So um, take me or leave me. And I love that you didn't have to grow into that attitude. You at 22 have that attitude and you're a great example of what I hope more young people uh, embrace in the way of self-love right? Mm-hmm. So self-love, love of self with a capital S is not selfish, right? Um, you're amazing. So what's your number three? My number three is um, <clears throat> that, as I said before, the show was put on during a time in the pandemic before vaccinations, mm-hmm. everyone was just getting back. And so because of that, the show had to be filmed. <laughs> um with no audience. So we were still wearing masks and maintaining 12 feet of distance. And um, this is a traditionally very intimate show. There's a lot of like kissing and hugging and it's about the journey of two lovers over the span of five years. So to do that without having any sort of physical touch um, was really, it was a challenge. Um, We had to act with our eyes, sing through the masks and put on a musical keeping in mind that there was no one there and that it was being filmed um there was no like audience to interact off that's of. what I was gonna ask you you didn't hear the clapping and the yeah you couldn't see the face the faces and the body language that must have been even harder I think right. it's even better actress or actor to do that and we had a we had a full pit too you know so we'd finish these like massive musical numbers and it would be cut. It's like, it was, um, it was, I'm so thankful for it. And yeah. my mom will always be like, ah, oh, I wish you didn't have to wear masks. And yeah, yeah. like, I wish you could have done it now when, when you could have done it live. And I'm like, I don't, <laughs> I would yeah. like to do the show again, but I'm, to me, I'm just so thankful that like, we have footage of a very historical moment in time where people yes. were doing musicals and theater and music when the world was saying you there's no way you can do this and people still found a way to do it so I think it's really cool Um, I think that is um, I call that kind of positivity uh, regardless whether it's an action verb a linking verb or just you know love happening right It, it it happens organically it will you know things like that will make themselves happen regardless of what the restrictions are and I think looking back at still shots and videos, when you see people with masks on, it is going to be like, oh, I mean, this is like, like you said, historic moment in time. Oh, remember when or back then or when my mom and dad, you know, or my great grandparents, you know, those pictures with the masks and it, it's going to be covid shut in. Right. That's mm-hmm. like hopefully we'll never have that again. Um, it had in my lifetime, it had never happened before. So I agree with you that this is uh, by true definition of the word remarkable. It is remarkable, right? And memorable. Um, Awesome top three. I'm sure you have top 10, you know? Um, Y'all can't see her because we do this audio only. Um, And I usually don't keep the camera on, but you're so engaging and we're communicating (laughs) through body language that I was like, oh my God, this is great. Leave the camera on. Um, So I want to ask you, I know what a rock star you are, and I'm sure you've already inspired me. I didn't know you before this podcast. I just knew your parents. Um, You've already inspired me. You're amazing. Like, I want to be like you when I grow up. (laughs) 
So tell me, who has inspired you? Did you have a mentor, maybe a sponsor, or just someone that moved you? I've had a lot of mentors, and I really like having a lot of mentors. Um, Sometimes singers kind of have one voice teacher for their entire lives, and that is certainly, you know, a way to go. But for me, I like learning from many different people. Um, I like taking in what everyone has to offer. So I, I, just to name a few professors, my politics professor, Naeem, like completely changed the way I communicate. Um, He sort of saw how passionate I was about things and challenged me to hone those skills. And, um, you know, and it's easy, it's easy when you're of the group who's being targeted by, you know, men and and women in power um but then it's easy to get angry and kind of lose uh you know an argument or lose a battle that way and so he really challenged me to like hone my anger and my passion and get to the root of the problem if that makes sense right without losing the people who need to hear the message most Yes, he, he taught me how to, yeah, engage with people who maybe don't want to hear my message. Right. And that has been like so invaluable um, and also obviously translates to music making and singing as well. Um, and then I guess my my humorous writing professor, Rajpreet, like completely gave me um, a platform to share my humor writing, which is something I literally didn't know I liked doing until this year or was good at. And she encouraged me to do that. Um, I bought your book, by the way. Thank you. She published a book. I bought it. I'm going to put it on the blog so you can buy it too. This young lady is amazing. Let me ask you, do you get offended if I say young lady? Should I not be saying that anymore? This person, this young person, this uh, Um, 22 year old human is amazing. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, good with either I feel like if a if another woman calls me a young lady I don't get offended (laughs) but since I knew you since before you were born how about the the word young though let's focus on that word is that um should I be saying younger person not young lady I mean I I still don't I personally don't get offended by it okay so funny coming from another woman who literally is older than me I don't get offended by it I think if it were like a, an older man. Did you just call me older? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) It's a descriptor. Right. It's just a descriptor. Right. Um, I own my chunky too. So Um, you're so amazing. My cheeks are burning folks because I'm smiling so hard and she knows it because she can see my big toothy grin. She's wonderful. She's amazing. So I've had, sorry, I didn't get to say it. I've had like a couple professor mentors, like my voice teachers, I just want to mention Carol and Jennifer have been amazing. And, but the, the biggest mentor in my life is um, my younger brother, Brody. And um, to me, he just has faced so much and remains literally the kindest, smartest, and most empathetic person I've ever known. Um, especially living in our town, you know, being involved in sports and whatnot. He's just still so, so amazing. And I look up to him so much. He keeps me grounded every time I'm home and he teaches me so much about what it means to be a person. 
um, every time I'm around him. So I just wanted to say that because I'm so grateful for him and I feel so lucky to have him in my life. That is so beautiful. I mean, I hear, I've never met him. I did not know your parent. I mean, I had left when he was born, but um, I see your mom post about him, but I don't know much about him. Like I do about you. I've followed you. I've stalked you. I've listened to your stuff. You know, um, you and I are kind of cut from the same cloth when it comes to advocacy for equity and all that good stuff. Um, but, but Brody, so how old is he? And I love that you said, I look up to my younger brother, right? He's yeah. my little brother, but I look up to him. Um, why, why did you say that? Like, what's so great about Brody? Tell us. He, you know, I think um, <clears throat> I get a lot of qualities from both my parents, but uh, one quality I get from my mom is <laughs> my ability to get a little hot-headed in in situations and Brody is just like he's he's 17 he's 17 he turns wow very mature yes and he um just has always had a sense of calmness about him from the time he was like a baby you know and so anytime I'm talking with him or you know, he sees me get in arguments or debates with my dad. He knows exactly what I'm trying to communicate, but is able to like offer guidance on, you know, how to keep myself calm or like, Oh, I don't know. He's he's so, so mature for his age. He's always been so mature. When he came up to visit me, all of my college roommates and friends were literally floored that he was 17 they thought he was freshman or sophomore in college so he's just I just yeah I just look up to him that is so wonderful you don't usually hear that um you know from siblings at at that age and you know 17 year olds are usually like I don't know I don't know you know right parents have to hold their breath for a few years till the amygdala fully develops but um I just posted something that I think articulates what you were saying about Brody. Um, I put it on Instagram. It says, learn to be done, not mad, not bothered, just done and protect your peace at all costs. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like he's that guy. Uh, I would love to meet him. I will be going to Boston at some point, maybe this year, um, probably maybe this year, maybe in 2022, I'll have to meet all of you or, you know, I'm, yeah. you know, get together, everybody together. Um, he's a doll. Y'all are both, a, you, you're totally clearly products of your parents. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and your, your parents are hilarious. Both of them, like they're, I, I don't know how you, you have a couple, usually one or the other, but y'all must be like, crying tears day and night and that and that when y'all get together because super funny people clever they love themselves enough not to worry what other you know other people's opinions of you is none of your business right so um they get that and they're funny I just they're smart and they're you know and you seem to be that as well I'm giving way too much attention to your parents and not enough to you so <laughs> they are very funny though they are, <laughs> they funny. are I told you my story which we will not repeat here yeah but yeah they are funny they are funny um let me ask you, you know, I know you're 22, but, and you've, you've heard from your mom, at least, if not followed me, 
I do a lot to lift women, not just this podcast, but a lot to lift women. Um, I have like, you know, five major things that I focus on to lift women. What do you do or how do you think we can lift other women? Um, you know, whether in business or not, regardless of age, how do you think we can help to empower women? Yeah. Um, I think for me, um, a lot of the, a lot of the work I've done over the past five, four years, probably, um, maybe five, I don't know. A lot of the work I've done in terms of empowering women in general, which includes myself, is uh, rethinking and reframing things that I was taught, either, Mm. you know, by society or subliminally or whatever, um, throughout my childhood and my young adulthood. So as I transitioned into like the work world, um, I think the first step is to think deeply about the various ways in which one would be considered a quote unquote woman in business. Um, I think people often think of when someone says a woman in business, the girl boss, the CEO, the VPs, and I don't really think like that. Um, I'm not very Interesting. work Tell or business that. oriented. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, you're an artsy fartsy creative. Right. Genius. Yeah, I'm an artist. So I've never had, you know, I've always known it would be difficult to turn a dream into a career, you know, in this sort of field. Um, and so I've never really had work or business in my like right sphere of like what I'm oriented towards. But yeah. yeah. I understand that we live in a society that is work and business oriented. Um, So with that being said, I think the bottom line is that we should support women's business. So like their livelihood. Oh yeah. If a woman wants to be a mail carrier or a technician or a mother or a sex worker or not work at all, we should support that. Um, I care way more about people as people than as people in business. And so I will support you know, any woman in whatever tangible way I can and feasible way, you know, right now I'm, I'm not in the spot to financially do that right now, but if I ever am. A lot of other ways of support. um, (laughs) Right. It sounds to me like um, you're saying the choice, you you support a woman's choice to be who she wants and do what she or, you know, or they want. Um, I'm all about that sister choice is where it's at now. Apparently SCOTUS hasn't gotten the memo, but we won't go there today. Um, let me ask you this. I know it hasn't always been easy. You're 22. I'm 55. We've both hit some potholes and roadblocks and, um, but if you're willing to share what has been a challenge or setback that you've experienced and how did you overcome it? Um, It's funny. I feel like the first thing that would come to my mind would be, you know, going home unexpectedly for spring break and getting, you know, that put a lot of things on hold, but I, I don't know. I think there are a lot of cool things that came from from the COVID shutdown. Yeah. Yeah. I think there are a lot of things that came from that. So that's not what I picked, but I, I'm a firm believer that making mistakes um are is very necessary Mm -hmm. um and the overall necessity of failure 
I really believe in. Uh, wow. Hard. <laughs> That's powerful though. You know, there are academic papers on that very topic. You amaze me. Like I'm sitting here going, dude, Elaine and Steve did this. Wow. Amazing. You get a lot of your own credit for the amazing woman you are, a person that you are, because that that's very mature to say that failure is an option and should be embraced, right? We, yeah. we win or learn, never lose. Um, yeah. That's so awesome. I think um, that's why I'm appreciative of this specific setback. Um, and it was uh, senior year of high school. I was determined to you know, be on Broadway. And so the only way in my mind to achieve that goal was to go to college for musical theater. Um, so I auditioned at over 15 schools. I filmed and submitted countless videos. I traveled all over the Northeast primarily. And um, special shout out to my mom for supporting me financially and morally through that. Um, the best. And so after, you know, am I allowed to swear on this? Sure. What the okay. heck? <laughs> after, busting, after literally busting my ass and singing my heart out and putting my dreams in the hands of these colleges, um, I got rejection after rejection. And in my mind, I was like, you know, I'm going to audition at the schools I think are the top for this. And if I don't get in, it means that I shouldn't do this with my life. Um, and yeah, and so come April, everyone is deciding on which school they want to go to. And I didn't have one because I didn't get accepted anywhere. Um, I got denied from all of the colleges I applied to. I got accepted to academically to mm -hmm. a lot of them, but for, for musical theater, I did not. And so I randomly decided to go to Ithaca for jazz. I auditioned well past the time when auditions were due. I like sent a frantic email to the guy who runs the jazz program. And because of that, it brought me to my friends, uh, my girlfriend, my band, and all the mentors that I mentioned before, um, and all of the successes that happened over the course of the four years here. Um, so the whole process of auditioning and getting rejected and figuring it out was the most essential setback that I've had to overcome because it was the most concrete example that failure needs to happen, you know, and that it doesn't even need to be thought of as a failure because it wasn't like it, it yeah. brought me to all my accomplishments. Um, so, yeah, so that was that was really fundamental that, for me. So that is so mature. Number one, two, it's very Buddhist thinking where uh, law of no attachment, don't be attached to the outcome, be in the now be present and experience fully what this moment is bringing to you and what you're bringing to this moment. Um, there's that. And then the other thing I want to say is, if you are Stephen Carroll's daughter, and you think ass is a curse word. I'm curious if you're Stephen Carroll's daughter. Well, I just want to make sure. I realized I hadn't sworn yet. So I was like, oh my gosh, this sounds weird if I say this right now. But I yeah. I was teasing when I said, sure, what the heck? You you, you can totally we drop F-bombs here. We are not, we that is so um group think to worry about you know the word has the meaning you attribute to it right, right it's just right. a word um so a descriptive right another yeah. descriptor so um that cracked me up when you asked permission to curse and then you said <laughs> ass i was like that is not steve Carroll's daughter 
or Elaine's. Um, but anyway, um, thank you for that. You, you can totally drop an F-bomb here and there. I'm not, yeah. I'm not one of those people that stands on ceremony, right? Okay. Um, yeah. Well, let me ask you, you're amazing. I'm blown away. My cheeks are burning. I've cried. I've laughed. Um, y'all can't see you on camera, but she's very, very animated and it's engaging, right? I want to lean in and hear more and listen better and talk all day. Um, but let me ask you this. Tell me something. Now, everything I've heard is a surprise because I didn't know you, right? But tell me something surprising about you that maybe mom and dad don't know or Brody doesn't know or your girlfriend. Well, your girlfriend probably knows everything, but, you know, tell me something surprising that most people don't know about you. Um, okay, my parents definitely know. I, I really could not think of something. I'm very much an open book. I love that. My, my parents and my brother obviously know this and anyone from my past or my family knows this, but my, what's very surprising to all my college friends, yeah, when I, okay. you know, cause they know me as a singer. And when you're in the music school, it's very much like, that's what you do. You do music and that's it. Yeah. And so, um, a lot of people are very surprised that I love basketball. <laughs> I love oh. playing and watching basketball. I used to play a lot as a kid and, so I would go to the gym at school and like play and I'm very short as well. So I would, I would play basketball with all these like super tall yeah. dudes yeah. <laughs> and um, it's pretty surprising because I, you know, I'm not tall, but I have a good three point shot. So nice. a, I love it. that's a surprprising fact about me is that yeah. I, would, I don't, I don't judge people like that, but well, I mean, like if I saw you, I wouldn't say, oh, she's short. My son is not tall for his age and he's climbed mountains and leaped tall buildings. He like you, uh, something about your age group. He's 20. Oh, 20. Oh my God. He's 21. Yeah. He's 21 in May. He turned 21. Um, he like you wasn't raised with the limits or the boundaries saying, Oh, you do this and not that, or you can do this and not that, or, um, girls don't do that. Boys don't do this. You know, there, it was very, you do what you want to do. And if you like doing it, do it again. Right. That's kind of how we raised him, but, um, you're awesome. It is my honor pleasure. Uh, if you're into this stuff, blessed to know you kind of thing. Um, you're incredible. I just feel like there's a reason your mom and I stayed connected and in contact after all these years. Um, and it's people like you and your family who draw me back to where I call my number one, my home. Like, I really feel like I belong there. Um, I found who I was as a woman when I lived in Massachusetts. Circumstances made me move, but I will be back somehow. I will be back. Um, but let me ask you this. If people want to reach you and reach out to you, learn more about you or just connect with you, how can they do that? Um my Twitter, which is where I post all of my like writing things, um, is Mad Carol without the vowels. So it's M D C R R L L. Easy, um, easy, easy peas. And then my music Instagram is Madison and Music, and I post things about my band on there. Um, my band is also called Quail. We post a bunch of stuff on there, and. Yeah, and hopefully I'll have a website soon. That's on my year home to-do list. <laughs> Very nice. You know how to create a website yourself? Um, 
I think I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I bet you will. I bet you will. If you need help, I do know that. For this old lady to be able to know how to create a website, I'm like, yay me. Yeah. But I'm happy to help. And then the other thing I want to say is um, outside of this podcast and this blog, if you would send me some of your demo tapes and your voice, I, I have people who are high up in music and I would love for them to hear what makes me cry when I hear your voice and what moves me when I see you act and portray and all that um yeah create you're amazing you're amazing thank you um seriously if i had a daughter i'd want her to be just like you really <laughs> you're so courageous lovely. you're funny you're um confident right um assertive you're aggressive and i'm all about that hey be it right be you you be you so much love to you, much gratitude for being on the show. And I can't wait to get all your pictures. Send me a ton of pictures. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll send you all the stuff. Yeah, that, all the stuff, all the things. All right. Well, folks, thank you for listening in. And thank you for getting to know Maddie. And Maddie, thank you for sharing yourself with my world. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So fun. All right. Give your mom a hug and your dad. Okay. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye.